Good afternoon, traders. How we doing out there? Are you guys ready for another round here as we get into stock market movers? I'm excited to go ahead and dive into today's action. Of course, we got some topics to talk about. We got the U.S. Uh, starting kind of a chip battle here. Will they have started a chip war with NVIDIA? Of course, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, then we get into initial jobless claims, Five Below, C3 AI, Hormel Foods, Campbell Soup, Nutanix, Ali Bargain, uh, Chandao Lockdown, Piedmont Lithium, getting some calls out there. And I will bring up today a little bit of some Jim Cramer callouts. They're not looking too bad right now. We'll see what's going out in the market. Like always, we got our guest on today, excited to go ahead and get to Leaf Saray, founder of Champion Trading Team and also 2019 U.S. Investment Champion. Uh, later on, we'll also have Peter Tannis, founder and chairman of Link Investment Advisory. We got another great show for you guys today. Like always, hit the thumbs on up and get us started like we like to do here on Stock Market Movers. I'm Money Mitch, and let's dive into the show. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. All the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism, and I want to breathe more than any man alive. traders let's go ahead let's start diving into the market like always this is always fun to kind of go ahead and see what is moving on out there let's take a look at the overall market first uh this is what we want to do and it's another kind of red day on out there right now let's see how we're getting a, are we going to get a bounce back today i mean I was looking for a little bit of a bounce back and uh, it looks like we're finally starting to at least find some bottoming action here. Let's take a look at the overall market here. Uh, let's go towards a 15 minute and you guys can see here, we're trying to find a little bit of a bottom right now. Looks like we got around the 390s that we're finding some bottom. Another reason why I was looking for some bottoming action is we're really starting to get down there on the RSI on the daily outlook. Of course, this doesn't mean that we're gonna turn around immediately but definitely coming down fast enough to start seeing uh, could get some of those kind of bear market rallies eventually. Now, the question everyone's asking, will we test the June lows? Of course, everyone's thinking about that. We'll talk a little bit about that, but we'll see if we can get this spy to kind of rally on up here while we're on the show. A move back above 393 would definitely be a nice move on the spy. We'll see what happens. Let's get into our first topics here. The first thing we're going to talk about, of course, is the initial jobless claims. Let's, let's go to that first. So, uh, of course, we did get jobless claims to hit today. Uh, initial jobless claims came in at 233,000 versus 248,000. And this just shows us more and more, I think, that leaves room for the Fed, right? The Fed wants to continue hiking. They see a strong labor market. They want to go ahead and push and push into inflation, trying to get it down back towards 2%. Of course, what are they also mentioning? They keep mentioning is they expect to eventually see a spike in unemployment. But right now, the labor market's still showing strength. Big number tomorrow that we'll get with the jobs number. Just keep these on eyes. We'll see what happens here in the Fed. Will they continue to kind of keep pushing? Of course, one of the areas that you guys can be watching for is, of course, the labor markets. But a weakening of the labor market also, to me, at least in my eyes, will kind of more engrave that recession talk that's out there. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's get out of the initial jobless claims. Let's go towards the conversation that really, I'm sure, caught a lot of people's eyes today, which is, did the U.S. start a chip war, really? I mean, NVIDIA really getting hit hard here as you're seeing it come on down. And it's, I mean, it just got pummeled in about three to four days now, probably five days straight down here. And I mean, we were looking like we were coming back for that 190 ever since that Thursday. We're down about 25% in NVIDIA and it took out the lows here at the 140. Couldn't hang on. What happened today? Well, NVIDIA was told by the U.S. government to stop selling chips in China and Russia. They said on August 26th, U.S. government informed the company that 
U.S. government has imposed new license requirement effective immediately. It said that a new license requirement would be for any future export to China, including Hong Kong and Russia, of the A100 and the forthcoming H100 integrated circuits. They also said that the new license requirement may impact the company's ability to compete for its development of the H100. And also stated here was that a loss of 400 million is in potential sales here in China during the current quarter if they're not able to get, of course, the license on out there. And you guys are seeing these really get hit hard. A lot of the semiconductors coming down fast. I mean, take a look. It's affecting all around Micron. You can take a look. Marvell was down big on this and continuing to come on down. We'll, we'll see how these chip makers can bounce back. But right now, it's not looking like any bounce back is happening. These are definitely on my radar now because they're definitely beaten down eventually, probably going to catch a little bit of a bounce, but we're seeing the flush out there. And now the real concern I think comes more and more as you think, what will China do here, right? Will they consider this kind of more an attack on their economy or will they just kind of leave it alone? I have a feeling that we might hear something from China. No, nothing's come out yet, but definitely Moments like this is where I start getting a little bit concerned because, of course, we want to kind of bring, you know, manufacturing here to the United States. But for the U.S. government to go so far as to telling NVIDIA to stop selling chips in China and Russia starts being more of a concern. Of course, they're going to see it kind of more of as, as kind of like a, uh, a battle here for the chips. We'll see if this kind of expands into something bigger than what it was today. All right, getting out of NVIDIA, let's go towards five below that had their earnings. Let's take a look at what we saw. All right, let's go to five. I wanted to take a quick look at five as it is hanging on up here. Not looking too bad. This is in specialty retail. Of course, you guys have heard me joke around with five below. It just seems like with inflation, it seems like it's not five below anymore. It might be seven below. But let's talk about this. Q2 EPS coming in at 74 cents, missing the 79 cent estimate. Sales at 668.9 million, missing the 682.74 million estimate. They do see Q3 EPS at 8 cents to 19 cents on the high end versus the 29 cent estimate. So really bringing down that guidance. Also, Five Below mentioned that they lowered their expected sales and it was largely driven by the impact of accelerated inflation. So now they see sales to 600 to 619 million versus the 636.46 million. And also talking about a full year 2022 EPS coming on down. So this is not what you wanted to see. But hey, right now it seems like bad news is good news and good news is bad news here. Uh, five getting a little bit of a lift. We'll see if this can actually really start coming back. I would want to see a move back above 150 to even give me the look for the kind of like it's trying to make its move towards a 200 day moving average. It does have the 50 below it. So that's kind of like acting around support right now. We'll see what happens in five if it's able to catch the bid and start coming back on up. But not a bad earning, even though the earnings here were a miss and a miss. Seems like the bad news. Is good news here for five. Now let's talk about like an opposite outlook here. Um, one stock that has been really hit hard on the downside was C3AI. And you guys have seen this one just, it can't turn around. I mean, look at this. This is why sometimes whenever kind of these new names come out, I take a look at the monthlies and just, just see, has it turned around the trend? No, it's just been kind of a leak on out. It doesn't even have any strong kind of green candle here on the monthly so even on the weeklies you can see it here it's just really weak this c3 ai q1 eps coming in here at a loss of 12 cents beating the loss of 28 uh, 24 cents sales at 65.3 million missing the 66.2 million estimate c3 ai sees q3 sales at 60 million to 62 million versus 71.7 million expected um, it sees the full year 23 sales also pulling it down there, uh, the high end to two, 270 million versus the expectation there of 310.58 million. We'll see what happens there in C3 AI, if it's able to make a little bit of a bounce back or not. 
All right, let's keep going. We'll take a look at these. Uh, definitely been seeing some of kind of the department stores getting a little bit of a lift today. Um, it could have been off of that five below, kind of getting a little bit of a push on up. Like always, one thing that we like to do is take a look at what was hot today and what was not. It looks like in the green from the open, we have utilities, we have healthcare and consumer defensives. And what is dragging the most right now is technology, energy, and basic materials. Definitely energy was a surprise to see those oil pullbacks. We'll see what happens in these names. I am keeping an eye on, on them, but technology just keeps getting hit. I thought today would maybe be the day that we could get a little bit of a bounce, but of course, NVIDIA said no to that and cracked on through that daily support and continued on down. We'll see if we get a reversal in the tech names. We'll go back into what was hot and what was not coming on up. We want to go ahead and get into our interview. And like always, guys, this is what I like to do. I like to sometimes just reach out and try to bring us something that we can learn from. One thing that I always feel that we can learn from is from the success uh, from the journey to success and people that have already gone through the challenges, right? Uh, one of the things that I always talk about trading is that it's not easy, right? I mean, a lot of people, you know, want to make it sound better than it is. A lot of the times they give you guys, you know, those big numbers on Twitter. But one of the things that I always think is important is actually finding the people that have put in the time and have developed a process to really get them to success, that's why I always talk about process on our live trading stream, because I think it's so important. And I think that a lot of traders try to come on in and they're worried about what? They're worried about results first. I mean, that's kind of a common thing. Of course, we all want that kind of quick get rich situation. But the truth is, it's a long path. And um, I'm going to go ahead and dive into our first interview I hope that you guys get out of this just as much as I'm getting out of it. And I always love to hear from journeys from successful traders. So we're going to be getting into an interview here with a trader that won the 2019 U.S. Investment Champion uh, Championship competition. Of course, uh, this is a big competition that actually involves real money. It's not like it's just a paper competition. Um, and so I'm ready to go ahead and dive on in. Let's get right to it and bring on our first guest. Like always, guys, you guys get the chance to ask some questions too. So throw some up in the chat and give us a thumbs on up if you're excited to see the 2019 U.S. Investment Champion here, Leif Saray. Let's go ahead and dive on in. All right, Leif Saray, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Mitch. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you. And like I kind of talked before you came on, and I think it's very important. You know, one of the things that we see in this industry is always people trying to, you know, throw up results. I made yeah. this much money, but there's nothing yeah. like process and there's nothing like seeing a true journey. Uh, you being a 2019 U.S. investment champion, I'm sure you've gone through quite a amount of your tribulations and came through them to go sure. ahead and get to where you are today. So first tell me a little bit about yourself and what got you to that championship and tell us about the journey. Sure. Well, I like everything you're saying. It makes a lot of sense. A lot of those, those, those big numbers you see people put up is kind of what attracts everyone to trading. Yeah. Then there's the reality of it. When you're starting out, you're going to probably have a little more difficulty, even if you're trading almost exactly the same as someone else, because your risk management is going to be different. You're going to be pushing at the wrong time and, you know, uh, pulling back at the right time. You're going to be late. So it's all about the timing and such. And I mean, uh, to talk about my journey, it's just like everybody else. Uh, I mean, I started in 96, 1996 uh, and blew my first $5,000 account or whatever it was, uh, saved up and, and blew that on other people's, you know, tips and things like that. So, um, you know, it, it, going from that into trying to find a system so you don't do that again. Uh, and I haven't, you know, I haven't done that since. Uh, that's key. And, and everybody has to kind of pay that admission price at some point. And every blown up trade is a learning experience. And, um, you know, that's, it's part of almost everyone's journey that I, that I know of. It's, it's a good trader. And I just love aggressively swing trading stocks. And, and, and you know, can slim is kind of the, the basic methodology behind, uh, you know, my swing trading. And everyone knows I'm a more aggressive uh, type of swing trader. I like to 
like to try high tight flags when they're working. Uh, lately, they're not. I mean, they're ac actually short at the moment. So, um, you know, it's kind of a different year as we have these bear market bounces and maybe inflation's a little misunderstood, like maybe the Fed's going to come pivot and bail us out. But inflation is a little stickier than people think. And the traders, um, I, I haven't, I didn't trade the, the 70s. I mean, this is probably a better uh, comparison. So I think the, this kind of conditioning of this kind of bailout and pivot, the, the Fed and the government's there to give you a stimulus check every time something goes wrong, which is, you know, every, the loan, the student loan bailout, and, you know, the mentality is like, oh, the, the Fed's going to be there. So if they're not there, we might have a problem. And, and they're, they're trying to say, and I think one of them even mentioned, and I retweeted out, uh, out of a, which I thought was funny. He said, uh, we're not sure what the market is seeing right now because there's, we're not pivoting basically is what they, what they meant. So um, I agree. Yeah. So, so from, from me going into, more systems-driven trading and trading with, um, you know, Minervini's group and Dan Zanger's group and looking at all of the Investors Business Daily stuff. Uh, I, I made my own trading platform where I trade with other contest members and, you know, there's top 10 placers uh, last year on our platform. And this year we have a few good ones too. And uh, we're traders from all over the world and, and I get help from them. I, and we work on building the conviction in different topic areas for different ideas. Uh, besides the normal, you know, newsletter stuff, uh, just just so you know, it's not that the borrowed conviction is uh, doesn't go that far. So you can build your own conviction. This is what I, uh, and sometimes I, I start to change my my ideas based on other members that have great thinking and process behind what what they're trying to trade. So uh, I always think it's good to, if you don't have a service or something to follow, and I always like the services because you can kind of see, you know, how good the trading is at any given time and. Um, what's working, what's not, and just more information. The more information, the better. If you don't have that, uh, I always say, you know, kind of trade with friends or some of the, the trades a similar style. Yeah, definitely. It definitely helps. Now, tell us why you think you did so well in the competition. Why did, Why do you feel you got to being the champion? Well, you have to know when to press it, basically. And, you know, during 2019, it was a little bit of a year like this year where you have these... Uh, choppy environments and um you know trade trading throughout in, in the beginning i was up and then you know throughout the year was having some difficulty but uh as soon as things started working at the end of 2019 uh, you know I, I only pressed it for a few months and was able to get the win and uh i went up against uh sean ryan was actually number two to me that year and he's i think number he's in the top three in the contest at least this year and i was saying that he's probably has a good chance because if he was able to do that in 2019, which is a very uh, uh, complicated and choppy year, despite, you know, going kind of the index looked better than the swing trading results would would typically allow is what I'm saying, because um, the stocks kind of under the surface were acting a little a little choppy until until it sets up. But you have to know when to press it and you got to know your market signal. And, uh, you know, right now when bear market rallies are, you know, red, yellow, and I kind of have red, yellow, green type of signals. And. You know, you maybe go on red, and then by the end of the uh, the roll, the bear market rally, you might be on yellow, but you have to recognize your, your own signal changes could be late. Uh, so, but it's just kind of recognizing that things are working. And um, then we have, you know, just kind of uh, frozen rope look to the Apple and, and even the index itself right into the right into resistance. And then I started getting short a bunch of stocks. Um, and you want to do that quickly at the market break, and then. Um, you know, add to it as, as you start having success with that. And that's, that's the, the biggest winners right now. Like you went over Nvidia, I'm actually short Nvidia. So that was fun to, to wake up this morning. And, you know, I, I like the company, I, I like the graphics card, but it's a technical trade and I'll be out of it, you know, soon enough, but it's just, we're, we're just taking little bits and pieces off the chart and maybe we'll go along. And I've been along it before. So it's not really a knock on the company. It's just, uh, the the earnings looked a little uh, like kind of negative at first, yeah. and then it, and then it rallied and got everybody out. And all the shorts had to cover, and then that failure is where I'm pushing. Uh, you know, I'm I'm hitting that with uh, that break and that ledge, which is a little head yeah. and shoulders, and then a break, and that's catching everybody off sides. And that's where I like to, uh, you know, put an absolute you know bomb on it. And that's a big liquid stock. So yeah, definitely, and I, I agree with you there. That Thursday turnaround definitely caught some shorts, and then. Uh, the flip down, it yeah. caught, caught the bulls also. And uh, those are usually some good momentum moves. One thing that you just said there that I think is very important is knowing when 
to kind of gas it, right? And that's in such an important thing in trading. You know, there's moments where we have to be more risk adverse and, and protect our capital, but there's also moments, and this is how the really good traders are able to really press on that, you know, PL kind of getting the waves back up is yeah. knowing when to press the gas, when things are working, when the patterns are working, and when yeah. you actually get that kind of risk on type of day. Um, do you feel that this is what really separates the really good traders from, let's say, break even or losing traders? Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure, because it, you have to be pressing and going margin when it's working. Uh, and then if you're, if you're just finding patterns and buying them all year, you're going to have poor results because you're risking 5%. Say, that's what I like to risk typically. I mean, I'll risk a little more or less. Uh, 5% to to make what on average, and then your batting average might be lower than 50% in a choppy environment. Um, you're just, you're kind of draining your, your mental capital and, and your actual capital if you're, if you're going full size. And it's just common sense to, you know, incrementally get in, in, in and out of the market and start betting your gains versus saying, um, you know, calls and stuff like that. I think I went on a show and someone's like, what do you think about this stock or that stock? I mean, it's just, if it's, if it's out of position and, and it's not either a long or a short, I got no, I have no opinion, but you know, we have the overall, uh, how the market's doing and things like that. But, you know, you just, we don't make calls and stuff. We're, we're mostly pushing technical areas and, and in context with, you know, an earnings missed it for a no reason bounce and fail and everybody getting caught in video, for example, is, uh, something that is a little more of a, a thinking process. You do have to have a little bit of experience and over time, you're going to, you're going to catch all that and see that, it, you know, uh, that that's my thing that'll work and, and it's worked in the past versus just taking, you know, following me and taking a stab at something I said, and you've never really seen it before. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's part of the education process of like a service or something like that. You see, you know, everything that's working, even, you know, even trades I don't take and say, you know, look, this is a, you know, something interesting in that we see how it all plays out. And then you gain your experience uh, exponentially in something like that. Uh, you know, kind of years of, of trading, Instead of, you know, you can usually only take, you know, 10, 10 stocks or something like that. But if you see how uh, hundreds of trades act all year, you're gaining that, that experience and, you know, knowledge mentally versus you know, whatever's happening in your account. At least you're seeing it and, and you'll be ready for the next time. Definitely. I think it's important. And that's why, you know, it's good to follow some good traders and, and, and know some out there and uh, ones that put out recaps. Sometimes if it, yeah. they trade very similar to you, it's very good to catch those recaps because uh, maybe they count a name that you're not looking at or they're looking at a certain area that you're looking at. I think it's so important. I try to talk on my show so much about sector and industry and trying to stay with the rotations that are out there so that mm -hmm. you can work kind of backwards versus working forward, only looking for kind of a stock that's made a, already a good day versus trying to find right. some of the plays. How do you try to find plays? Are you more scanner based? Do you look for, at charting? What do you kind of use to try to find your plays? It's a lot about relative strength and stocks in the trend. And, you know, it's, it goes back to, you know, Stan Weinstein's book and, and Minervini has this idea of a, a trend template and we have our own uh, uh, champion team trading kind of list that we that we make and it's our own calculation on tc2000 uh and, and it shows we we also have uh, some screens in there and, uh, to weed out slower movers and we want something in a one month uptrend uh, with the moving averages all a certain way so the bases are setting up nice and we can probably find some buy points but the one thing i one thing i challenge everyone that's kind of maybe a newer trader or just wants to buy growth stocks is to see how many stocks are actually setting up per your criteria and what is your criteria? And I'll bet you 90% of people couldn't answer that because uh, I could tell you exactly how many stocks to the, to the number right now, uh, how many stocks are setting up for my criteria, um, you know, not excluding a few ADRs and a few other things, maybe IPOs that don't make it that we would allow. But uh, in general, we, we keep a consistent list based on a scan uh, to see if, if the stocks are improving for the style or deteriorating. And the last time, okay, so the, the S&P 500 touched the 200-day, and we had fewer stocks to choose from. So with that divergence, it was pretty obvious to me that the market wasn't as strong as everybody thought it was. It's a lot of energy stocks. And energy, uh, you know, it's basically inflation-related. If inflation trades are working and that's where the money is going, people know there's going to be more inflation. The Fed's not going to pivot, most likely, because inflation's down the road 
and there's other black swans that could happen too. And, um, you know, all these buyers that all the wealth is getting vaporized now as we kind of roll over, we'll see how far it goes. I, I don't really make predictions. I just know the areas to push and then, you know, see if I can build on that. So, like you said, if it's uh, meeting your criteria and knowing your kind of strategy front to back, actually being right. able to mention something like that, an exact number of stocks that are meeting your criteria just shows also that your criteria actually is more objective than being subjective. So I yeah. like that approach. And we did get a question in the chat here, uh, Night for Humanity. Um, do you use any indicators? And if so, which ones and why? Well, price and volume, it's really all you need. A couple of moving averages, the 200-day, 50-day moving average, simple, a, a 21 EMA, an 8 EMA for the faster. And, and that's what my charts look like. I use average, okay. average true range, too, on the charts. Um, it's something I, okay. I figured out was, that would kind of tighten up into a good breakout, whether it's a, a, a double bottom, W bottom, cup and handle, kind of a, you know, something that's that's tightening up. That'll always, uh, you know, VCP, people trade that too. I, I like that pattern. Uh, it, average true range will mathematically pick that up as, as the price kind of tightens up at the end of the uh, patterns and the stocks that are actually in the trend. So you're not just picking up anything that's tight above or below the 200-day moving average. You, you have to stay in your zone and uh, know when to, when to press it. Definitely. That's the most important part. And I think I use every single one of those, except I'm more on the nine EMA than the eight, but Hey, to each his own. Right. I mean, that, that's yeah, the you, important you part. Have to be, you have to be used to it. It's almost the same thing. You know, it's just yeah. whatever. At some point I started just following that one on for my faster moving, uh, you know, you don't want to kind of panic out of a stock when it's over the ADMA most of the time. So unless you're selling something into strength. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a good way to definitely stay on the shorter time trends. Those are really good. I, the reason I use the nine is just I, I pulled it from the MACD as, as the trigger line. So that's why I use the nine. Uh, but let's keep going. Let's get into uh, one of your favorite patterns, which is the high tight flag pattern. Tell us a little bit about what the high tight flag pattern looks like. I have an image that we can share and just tell us a little bit about the strategy. What do you like and what do you look for in it? Well, I, I believe William O'Neill created it's a eight weeks uh, move of 100% or more. You know, take 90% by, if things are working. Uh, and then you want to, you know, it's a three to five week flag with declines 25% or less. And since I like to trade those so much, I, I kind of have my own kind of lingo for a failed high tight flag. I call it rocket base, meaning it you know, declines more than 25% in the flag. And then we spread the flag out a little wider and we're just looking for the next base and we're recognizing the power that we just came from. And usually it's, it's still there as something has changed. It, it stocks don't go up 100% for no reason, really, unless it's back into the old, the old range. A lot of people will draw the high tight flag and say, this is up 100% uh, and, and it's just right back up to where it was six months ago. That's just an ugly base, an ugly deep base, right? Uh, so you want something new going on and... Uh, you know, so that's the N and can slim. So you have something new and uh, usually it's not, you know, one, one of the things I, I give an example, I give an example to my members is uh, uh, say Philip Morris or like a tobacco company. There's nothing really new about it. So say they get whacked for 50% because they say, well, you can't sell your product anymore. And then they reverse that and they go up, you know, weeks later and you go up hundred percent and you're back to the old level. That's not really a high tight flag and there's nothing new going on there. So we're, we're trying to, just visualize that there's something new going on stock going, you know, a couple of dollars and all of a sudden it's breaking out to new highs up hundred uh, percent. And they announced they, you know, cured a disease, invented a, you know, new, new chip or something like that. Yeah. Excellent. Um, here, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll bring in an image of an example of this and can you can kind of like walk us through how it worked here on this example that you brought us here. This is uh, Celsius Holdings yeah. or yeah, yeah, perfect. Celsius. So this is an example of uh, one that everybody knows. And, you, you know, Jonah Lupton's all about this and, and he, he threw the FinTwit conference and you guys are really great at organizing that and sponsoring that. So uh, th this is um, when it first kind of came out. I mean, there, there's a little bit of supply in the poll, meaning the rise there uh, off to the left. But, you know, this there's there's a new it's a new thing, a new energy drink, number one, Amazon at the time. And, you know, stocks are working pretty well in general here. So, you know, I, I gave that a try where I circled it and found a tight area, draw a line across the top. 
simple enough. Uh, you know, low volume kind of volume drop into the move into the move there, and then there you go. You got 100% move there, and it went on to go to $100. So that's you know like a 10 bagger or something. So, uh, but <laughs> I I sold right up there, so I didn't I didn't ride the move. And you know, you should, people would say, well, why didn't you ride it? I, you know, in hindsight, you should. But a lot of times, you can get right back on it and uh, move on to other stocks. And these make long basis, and in that time, you can be you know swing trading other stocks and you know compounding your account and just come back to it. So. So when we were looking at this stock and uh, I actually have the stock pulled up on mine, so I'll just pull it up to so we could walk a little bit through it. Let's say if we're getting in here, are you kind of more in the where should we be looking more into the entry as it gets tighter and tighter for the break? Or on the right side. Yeah, like in every stock base, you know, tightens up on the right side, the high tight mm -hmm. flags, the shorter base. So what you want to do is, you know, you see where it where it stops rising there and you have the bar to the left and then you start the flag. So you're going three to five weeks and mm -hmm. the timing is right and the volume is, you know, they're, they're, they're not too excited to sell on the on the down days or anything. So I think it's being, you know, neatly accumulated and then there's a, a buy spot and then you have uh, everybody catches on to it once it starts making that move. And then you just ride it up there and sell, you know, right away you're, you, you might want to sell. If you're not sure about your trades and depending on your signal, uh, a few risk multiples up, you, you take some off, move your stop to even, move on to other things and just let that ride. And that makes your life easy versus uh, day trading all day and making yourself insane. And you, you, want, you want your stocks to go to work for you so, so you don't have to. You know? I like that one. I say that one often. Let the stocks work for you, especially when you get into a winning position. There's nothing like it. Um, I also like how you talked about a little bit earlier, just for our uh, traders out there, to that I caught was uh, the average true range coming down a little bit into the flag there. This is the That's yellow right. line for me. I run it above the volume just to keep it on, on my mind. And that looked good there. Nice little level coming on down into the tight flag. Looks yeah, good yeah. there. I mean, you might've even cheated a little earlier, uh, mm -hmm. depending on, there, there are several little buy points there, but uh, you know, you can mathematically say uh, average true range, you know, stocks that are in our criteria, which ones are, have the average true range, you know, less today than it was 10 days ago. Okay. Then you're, you're getting something that's tightening up if you want to save your, your scanning process, because, uh, you know, the best environments, there's, there's hundreds of stocks to choose from, yeah. uh, and then it'll narrow them down. And then, you know, versus in this environment, there's not a whole lot to choose from. So I can just blast through it with a space bar and, um, you know, something like TC 2000, I can go so fast that people are like, are you actually looking at that? You know, but you're just looking at the right <laughs> sides of the charts. There's and, nothing like, that's yeah, why I like TC. That's why I like it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really love MarketSmith too for the fundamentals. And okay. The, and that. So I'm using everything. I'm using MarketSmith, StockCard, TC2000. Uh, and I like to make sure they look good across different platforms. You know, if I'm not sure about what I'm looking at, I say, well, that doesn't look right over there. And you take a look and um, it froze up on me. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. It was my okay. internet that cut out there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Your thumb, your thumb froze. Either that or your, you got real still. <laughs> Yeah, I was worried. I was worried there. We're back. We're good. All right. So no, I, I mean, I think it's important. Definitely. Like you mentioned, having tools, comparing them to different areas is definitely important. Yeah. Now let's go ahead. Let's finish on up. We went a little bit of extra, but I'll tell you what, I've been enjoying the conversation. Yeah. I want to go ahead and give you a chance here. I know that you're the founder of Champion Team Trading. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about the service and why maybe our investors out there should go ahead and take a look? Well, it's, it's all about placing rules. We have some strict rules. We, we, we're trying to trade only certain stocks. So uh, it, you're, you're not just trading anything below the 200-day, nothing below the 200-day moving average. We don't want to look at that at all. Uh, but it's, it's just a, a trading platform that I think is, I think it's the best one, uh, you know, just the, the way it's organized for me. Because, I mean, you have your stocks and topics. You're seeing all the, all the trades. And we live stream once a week. We have weekly video and, and morning notes and things. To keep organized and uh, the, the teammates are working like around the clock on different ideas as they come and you know we're bringing things to to the forefront things that are kind of slide in the back but you know I don't really advertise it too much but if, if you kind of understand what I'm doing it's, it might be for you so that's that's what I say if you kind of like this aggressive type of swing trading uh, you know come come stop in uh, you know it's it's I think it's a great service so but thanks for having me on Mitch it's, it's been fun Sorry about that, Lee. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> I, I, out there. The Comcast, uh, 
<laughs> the Comcast, I don't know if it's going to hang on here, but uh, I appreciate you coming on in. I did throw up the link there in the chat. I, I, I'm struggling here with my own internet, so I'm going to go ahead and you get good? you on out of here. Uh, but definitely, guys, go ahead and check out Champion Team Trading. Also, give a leave a follow. I'll make sure that his yeah. Twitter is in the description so that you guys can follow along with his strategies. And yeah. he puts out some really great tweets, so check it on out. <laughs> appreciate you coming on. And we'll definitely have you back on. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Let's go ahead. And I'm sorry about the internet. I will give you guys a little heads up. I don't know what's going on there. Comcast kind of coming in and out here. I did kind of close down some things here so that we can make sure that we're running smooth here. Um, and if I need to, I can even shut down my kind of charting here. But we should be fine. Let's keep on going. Let's get back into the headlines. I hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did, right? Um, there's no, no better way to find out from a trader than someone that actually has gone through it. 2019 U.S. Investment Champion. Thank you for coming on, uh, Leif Saray. And I will make sure that you guys have his uh, Twitter so you guys can go ahead and give him a follow. Let's get back into the stocks. Let's take a look at what was hot and what was not. That's what I wanted to do today. So let's go ahead and let's do so. Um, so the easiest way is let's first take a, a quick peek at the SPY. Are we finally getting that bounce? We've been looking for it to see if we would get back above there. I talked about the 393 level. Not looking too bad there. Spy starting to finally come on back. Did NVIDIA find the bottom? Ooh, it's fighting. It's fighting its way back. We'll see what happens there. Let's take a look at what was hot and what was not today. Utilities kind of leading the way on up. So not a bad outlook there if you were playing some utility names. What were some of these that were doing well today? Well, let's order them from high cap and take a look here. So Duke getting a nice little raise today. NEE, nice little push on up. We'll see how these utilities kind of get the push and if they can keep on moving in the right direction here. Um, one of the things that I've seen with the utilities lately is that they, they've been doing really well in kind of playing just within the range, right? So if we could play on the pullbacks and try to catch some of this channel, you know, it's been pretty well there on those utility names. Last time we did come back all the way kind of closer towards the bottom line, but we've actually made our way back out of there uh, from July. Now coming on up there, we went to the top of it. Let's see if we catch the bounce here. I've been watching this and I'm in uh, one of these. I'll let you guys know it's kind of more of it into the uh, paper trading competition that I'm a part of right now, but I'm in XEL looking for this to make another leg on up. We'll see if it's able to get that push. Um, XL Energy, I've also looked at POR to see if this would get some lift today. That's not looking too bad. They look like they are catching some of the dip. We'll see what happens. Healthcare also not looking too bad there. Uh, healthcare up there towards uh, drug manufacturers making a good lift. Um, so th this one getting a nice little push here after they've been really beaten down. Uh, you know, I've been looking for names that are beaten down to see if they were going to come back. The rotation back into the drug manufacturers. You saw today J&J &J get the bounce. Lily, Pfizer get the bounce there. One that I was watching was BMY. Um, and a big reason on this one was just the RSI coming down uh, to a good level, right? I mean, I always look for extremes. This was down there. And let me go ahead and grab this. This got down there towards 19, so it came up on my weak relative scanner to see if it could get the bounce back, and it had a nice one today, about 2.1%. Uh, we'll see if this can get back up there to the 200-day moving average and actually kind of more get into the green outlook. We'll see what happens there. Bristol-Myers, but drug manufacturers not having a bad day. Consumer defensives also bouncing a little bit. Discount stores I saw up today, of course, Ali had earnings and it is coming back here from the open. This is why I like paying attention to stocks from the open. This one was actually pretty doing pretty well since the open, right? It sold off in the pre-market, but came right back up in the, uh, in the intraday market and is actually not looking too bad, right? I mean, if you take a look here from the open, it, this has been doing well. It has a lot of volume today on the RSI was down to 19.75. Getting a little bit of a bounce there. Walmart is the confusing stock for me. It is getting some lift here today. Now, it filled the gap on the downside. Is it coming back for the 200-day? That's what I'll keep watching on Walmart. A move back above 140 will get me a little bit more bullish on Walmart. You guys know I was bullish down here in the 125s, but we started gapping all over the place, and it just 
shook me out. I couldn't keep in it, and we'll see what happens. Of course, if you see Walmart come back, keep your eyes on Target. They still have that huge shadow zone above it. We'll see if it ever can make its way up there. All right, so what was not hot today? Of course, technology leading on down here. Look at some of the leadership today. Microsoft down big. Um, and Microsoft has been coming really fast into this kind of a long trend line that I'm keeping a close eye on. Will we break down and get towards the 240s on Microsoft? Definitely don't want to see it break to that. But if we do, it could start coming, cracking down and making its way back to our I, first level would be for me around 225s. We'll see what happens there. Apple coming down fast. Also, this has been about five days straight down. We'll see if it can come back. A move back above 160 is what the bulls will probably be looking for. Definitely reclaiming that 200 day. Um, right now it's at 161.05. I'll be looking for a move back. Um, and we'll see if it does this. I mean, I think it's all going to be really dependent on the overall market as we've been kind of just getting dragged down here. But we could catch a bounce. We'll see what happens. Uh, NVIDIA really leading the tech down. I mean, I've been saying it for a while since that Friday that how NVIDIA goes a lot, probably tech will go. And you can see it today also getting dragged down and NVIDIA just continuing the downside action. Where's the next stop for me on NVIDIA? Well, today I tried to play that 140, wasn't able to get the bounce there and it cut right through it. Glad I was able to cut my loss there. Um, but NVIDIA, next level down for me on the monthlies is towards 123 support. We'll see if we get down there. Um, and for right now, I'm kind of laying off of it until it can really kind of balance out. Give me some sideways action versus this keep cutting through the lows. And today we cut through the lows again. All right, we'll see what happens there. Tesla also down about 2%. This is one that I was looking to see. Would it catch the 270, the 50% retracement level from the recent move? That was right around 270. We came down to it. Now I was looking to see if we can get a reversal out of it. I'll keep it on watch the next couple of days if it wants to come on back towards the support, which was around the 280s or the 283 level. All right, Tesla continuing weak. Energy was weak today to start. Let's see how it's moving now. ExxonMobil trying to hold back above the VWAP. Can't really hold it right now. This doesn't look too bad, but why is oil coming down today? Well, I think a lot of that had to do with, of course, uh, China's one of China's biggest city, Chengdao, uh, announced the lockdown of its 21.2 million residents. And of course, this affects where? This affects demand, right? As China's one of the, the leading demand uh, kind of users of oil. And you can see uh, it just couldn't, couldn't fight back today. Do I still like ExxonMobil? Yeah, I'm going to keep it on watch. Um, I do like this 95 area. We can get back above 95 and make a move towards 100. It's not looking gonna look, not going to look bad there. Uh, Oxy was really the one that I'm looking for a pullback opportunity because I have a feeling that Warren will be kind of doing a little bit of dip buying in Oxy sooner or later. Um, the level that I'm looking for is around this 67, 66 area. Can we get back into there? Will we get a little test down and will we get news that Warren took his 50% shot? Eventually, I think, you know, he might be going for the whole thing. So uh, definitely one that I'm going to keep on my radar these next couple of weeks to see if Oxy can pull back a good level around those 66, 70s. I'm going to be watching. Can we get back into there below 67 to 66? That's probably where I'm going to take my shot in Oxy. I'll let you guys know if I do take it. All right, let's keep on going. We got into uh, our first interview, we're going to go ahead and get out of what was hot and what was not. We're going to get into our second interview here. And like always, guys, this is all about trying to get to the expert opinions to keep you guys in the informational edge. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's get into our next interview here. We're going to go to Peter Tannis, founder and chairman of Link Investment Advisory. Excited to have Peter back on. Let's go ahead and dive right in. All right. How are we doing, Peter? Welcome to the yeah, show. Good to see you. It's good to have you on. I'm excited to talk about this market. And I know that you probably are like a lot of us. Um, but were you expecting to hear that hawkish tone that Fed Chair Jerome Powell came in and gave us the shakedown? Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I thought it was the, quite a bit of overkill. Yeah. Uh, the fact is that 
he could have emphasized the fact that commodity prices are coming down. A lot of prices have peaked and are coming down. Gasoline now, you know, under $4 uh, a gallon pretty much everywhere. Uh, but instead, he took this hawkish stance and beat the table about uh, how they're going to be so aggressive on interest rates. And hopefully, and he, here's my hope on this, my, optimist, my optimism on this, is that the Fed constantly emphasizes that they react to data. So if the data continues to show that inflation is less of a threat than we think, uh, we could get a positive surprise, meaning uh, it, this time or next time, not a three quarters percent hike, but maybe a half a percent. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I like you bringing that up and I like the optimistic outlook there. Um, one of the things that I'll be watching will be, you know, one of the things that they mentioned is kind of a rolling average. Right. I mean, if we could get maybe two, three CPI reports to kind of show that downside action or maybe the PCE, which is one that they mention often, if we can get three of those reports, I think leaning into one direction, we could see potentially maybe a flip of the narrative there. Now, do you go ahead? Go ahead, Peter. No, no, I, absolutely. I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, definitely. It's something that I will keep on watch. Of course, we get the CPI in about two weeks here, and then we'll go into the FOMC meeting. I don't think anything will change in that end, but the, a lot of the questions start coming. Will we you know, stop this decline, or are you in the camp that we might take out the June lows? Yeah, no. Uh, my best guess, although after doing this for over 50 years, I know the danger of market predictions. Yeah. Uh, my best guess is that we're not going to take out the June lows. Uh, uh, keeping in mind, and we often forget this, that the market is a leading indicator. The market is not reacting to it. It, it looks sometimes like it's reacting to what we're seeing today. But essentially, it's focusing on what's going to happen nine to 12 months down the road. That's always been the case. And nine to 12 months down the road, uh, yes, people are seeing signs of a, of a recession. If so, it if it even happens at all, it will be mild. And then we're starting to look at the upturn again with moderate inflation and a better economic outlook. So for those and other reasons, if I had to guess, uh, I would say that we're not going to take out the June lows. Now, we just got NVIDIA coming out with recent news about kind of the chip crackdown, the U.S. government telling them they need new licenses. How do you feel this will affect kind of the semiconductors or will this have a bigger ramification than what we're seeing today? Yeah, no, I don't think. Again, big picture. I mean, the semiconductors mm -hmm. are... Uh, uh, are something that is going to be in increased demand and increased use. Uh, if we just look at what's happened over the last decade, uh, the numbers are astronomical and that trend continues. Yeah, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And uh, if we just hear about the cars and everything that requires chips, I mean, I heard exactly. the other day, uh, even a fan was requiring a chip. So it isn't going away anytime soon by any means. Now, of course, investors are starting to wonder, is there anywhere to hide, right? It's, is, there, is it bonds? What should we look at, Peter? Yeah. Now, for the last 30 years, bonds have been a terrible place to be because uh, interest rates uh, have done nothing but come down. Uh, and the old 60-40 formula hasn't worked in uh, decades. Because in the old days, again, when I started in the business, this is going back many decades from now, 60-40 worked okay because the 40% that was in bonds was making 6, 7, 6 or 7% in high-quality bonds, not 0 to 1 or 2%. Well, the good news, I suppose, is that interest rates are coming up a bit, but even at 2 to 3%, uh, it doesn't take the place of the kind of money that you will earn in other things. So... One of the things that um, we're looking at is to start looking for good, higher yielding investments. And there are managers who specialize in this. Uh, it could be in MLPs. It could be in uh, other types of, uh, of investments that are invested in income producing properties. Um, and 
uh, where the yields are reliably in the six, seven, and even eight percent category. Definitely like how you stated there the sixty forty. I mean, I, I went to finance school, so I mean, I read a, a ton of those books that uh, suggested those sixty forties. So, well, in, like in you mentioned book, it in my new book, which I think you featured the last time we were on. Yeah. Uh, uh, I recommend that investors who have a who are saving for retirement and have a fifteen to twenty year outlook <clears throat> invest. 90% in index funds, 10% in gold. And I explained that historically, that um, going back over 100 years, there are no 20-year periods in the stock market where you lost money. And uh, if, if you, as a younger person, invest your portfolio in 60-40, that 40% is not doing you any good. It's not helping towards your retirement. It's detracting. What it is redoing is reducing volatility. But if you have, if you're saving for retirement, volatility should be the least of your concerns because, because over time you're going to get the growth that history shows that we get. So the idea, and 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 this is outlined in my book with the proof that over history it works. Uh, Younger investors should not be investing 60-40. 60-40 is how you invest when you've already got millions of dollars because then you're in preservation mode, not growth mode. Love it. I love that outlook there. And definitely check out the book. I'll make sure to have it in the link there for you guys to check it on out. Now, of course, I mean, I, I think that when we think about it as investors, you know, we're always trying to, you know, get into more of that stock picking game. But definitely, I think a, a great outlook, especially for young investors just starting out, is the index. Because like you mentioned, yeah. over 20 years, it ain't losing and it hasn't lost yet. So Exactly. And if I could add to that, and uh, I've written seven or eight investment books. Yeah. And uh, in all, I think in every single one of them, I make this point. Uh, and it's controversial. Individuals should not buy stocks uh, any more than individuals should be part-time brain surgeons. It is not a job for individuals because if you are going to buy in a stock, if you're going to pick stocks yourself, you have to be prepared to answer this question. Explain to me how you're going to do better than a professional who spends eight hours a day doing it, whereas you'll only spend a few minutes or maybe a half an hour doing it. So give me the rationale on how you're going to do better. Now, we get a question in the chat, and I'd like to hear how you think. What do you feel about 401ks? Oh, they're, I mean, 401ks are wonderful. They're, uh, they're a necessity. And for those whose income doesn't meet the threshold, the biggest gift to taxpayers is the Roth IRA. I mean, think about this. You put after-tax money in the Roth IRA and you let it grow. Now imagine it's growing for 10, 15, 20 years. And when you take it out, you don't have to pay taxes on it because you pay taxes going in. So you get the entire capital gains tax-free. I mean, it, it, it's a gift that Congress gave that they probably don't even realize how valuable it is. Uh, but that that is something everybody should look into. There, there are a couple of glitches because there is an income uh, uh, limitation. Uh, I think it's around 150000 a year per person. Uh, but uh, if, if you qualify, definitely uh, use a Roth IRA. I like it. I like the suggestion there. And definitely, like always, guys, do your research, but a great way to think about it also. And I mean, I like the outlook. I mean, you're putting in there and you're getting it back tax free. That's definitely uh, a good thing when you're going back into when you want the money, right, which is retirement. You don't want to have to be worrying about the taxes once you finally make it to the retirement. It's, yeah. It's I mean, look at it this way, Mitch. You're, you're paying the tax on the small amount you put in which over 15 or 20 years is going to grow to a very, very large <laughs> yeah. amount. And then you don't have to pay taxes. Well, Definitely. I mean, I, I, mean I hear this all the time because I, I know some investors, you know, that have been in like certain positions for, you know, 20, 30 years and they have great gains, 
but they're worried about taking the profits because of the taxes. Right. So gr great comment there. I definitely love it. Appreciate you coming on today, Peter. I'm sorry we're going to wrap up a little bit early, but I, I would love to have you back on anytime soon to talk right. about this. Yeah, I think it's important. Good Thank you, Peter. We'll have you back. All right. There you guys have it. An outlook there from Peter. And I think it's awesome that he really kind of gives these books to you know, traders like us, investors like us that are trying to learn how can we really kind of prepare ourselves for retirement. I hear too often and I've read the books in finance, right? The 6040s and things like this. But this is kind of more from a perspective that has actually seen it, not just trying to write books on strategies, but actually something that Peter has witnessed from his experience. Appreciate you coming on today, Peter. Let's go ahead. We're going to wrap on up today, guys. It's already 1.58. feels like this hour just flew by, but that's how it can be sometimes here on Stock Market Movers. Let's take a quick look at the SPY. What is going on now? Did we get towards the three uh, the 393s, you can see we rejected right around that level. And, and this is why I was calling that level before the show started. And, you know, we were down here. We were in the kind of in the pattern here. We pushed up above, but I was looking for a nice close above that. Why was I looking at that? Well, a lot of that was the open. The open was at 392.90 on the SPY. So what I was looking for was a move back above the open for the SPY. Because then we could go into the green, right? If where we're going to go into the green, where we're going to start pushing back on up. And you can see it here. We're right on the brinks. I'm going to keep watch on this. We'll see what happens. Can we get kind of a Labor Day rally going into Friday? I will keep watch tomorrow like always. I've talked about it. Uh, the SPY definitely coming down fast and really getting down there. We'll see if we can get that bounce. A lot of that, I feel, is just keeping my eyes on a stock like NVIDIA that's really just – pounding the market and dragging a lot of stocks with it. Um, and we'll see if I feel like if NVIDIA can start bouncing back, we could get one another one of those kind of dead cat rally bounces in a bear market. Um, now, of course, we'll be kind of keeping an eye out on the spy. Are we going straight down towards those lows? I don't feel so either. Um, one of the things that I always say is that we don't go straight up just like we don't go straight down. So eventually there will be some bounces to play towards the long side. We'll see what happens in the SPY and the overall market. Uh, just want to catch some comments in the chat. What's going on out there? Uh, Daniel's talking about the great reset is happening. Urban enjoyed the interviews. Mr. Huggles, what's up? Um, we'll see what's out, out there. Uh, Quantum, where's the paper trading competition at? Well, the paper trading competition uh, is a CMT association thing that I'm going on right now. Um, it, it's kind of only for CMT exam students or kind of the third party institutionals, um, kind of like college students that are in kind of investment clubs, but I'm competing in it quantum. I try my best to kind of leave it out this show. If you want to kind of deal with more of that outlook, come on over to our live trading stream. That's where I'm going to be definitely talking more about the competition and how I'm taking it. Um, and just to kind of give the insight a little earlier, full disclosure, that position on Excel is in that paper trading competition that I'm looking at. I took that today. I got in there at uh, the pullback here. Um, the average is 74.50s. And right now we're at 75.40s. I had like 100 shares, so not looking too bad. Up near $100 on there. Trying to bounce back. I did lose today in Tesla and NVIDIA on the downside. So we'll see what happens. Like always going to keep battling and I hope you guys keep battling to improve your skills. That's what it's always about. Hope you enjoyed stock market movers up next. You guys got the roadmap. Go check out some NFT action if that's your thing. And if it isn't, maybe find out why you should be looking at some NFTs, especially as they come down in value. I'm looking at some myself. So we'll see what happens. Like always, I'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We talked a lot about uh, the U.S. chip war started um, in NVIDIA. Initial jobless claims, five below. We took a look at C3AI. Wasn't able to get into all the earnings stocks today. Um, we did mention the Changdao lockdown. That's something that I want to keep on watch. Take a look at the Piermont Lithium News. I think this is an important one. I'm going to mention it a little bit more on At The Close. So if you want to catch some more topics that are out there, headlines that you guys should be keeping your eyes on, 
I'll see you guys in just a few at 3.30 on At The Close. See you next time, guys. Hit the like before you get on out of here.